You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. All right, so we're on this series about living in the kingdom, and I think I showed you guys this last week. I've got a podcast, and I'm, I'm a lot of what we're covering in here, I'm covering some other stuff on the podcast, and you can scan that. That's called a, a, a scan me block. You can scan the scan me block over there, and it'll take you to my podcast. We are talking about kingdom life, and we're talking about living inside the kingdom. Paul made this statement. He said, it is not I who lives, but Christ in me. And so we believe that as you give your life to Christ, you give your, things change in you. And you begin to disappear. There's less of you and there's more of him. And the things in your life actually begin to be surrendered to God. It doesn't all happen at once. We know that. Uh, it's a process. But, but what happens is the things in your world, all these different buckets, become one bucket. And we've talked about what this looks like in your friendships. Uh, we, I, on the podcast, I think I talk about it in parenting. And I'm talking about it in open-mindedness. Uh, we've talked about what it's like uh, for men. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about what it's like for women. And today we're going to talk about the topic I know you all want to hear about, money. Today we're going to talk about kingdom finances. That's normally the the one person slow clap. Here's what I know. I know this for a fact. Last night you were sitting around your dinner table and you were all sitting there and it was you know, uh, whatever, the family, and you're sitting there, and you're like, I can't wait for church tomorrow. And the other person, I can't wait either. And then you said, I wonder what he's going to preach on. And the whole family at one went, money. At one time, we hope, we hope that's what he preaches on tomorrow. Because honestly, I've been dealing with this, and I'm a little greedy, and I want to buy a new truck, and I really want the pastor to make me feel guilty about it. So I'm going to go to church tomorrow and kind of delay my moves by at least three weeks. Didn't we, was that the conversation around dinner tables? Chirp, chirp. No. Okay, it wasn't. Um, here, here, here's what I believe, guys. Let me tell you this. And I'm ex- I used to hate these messages. Now, they don't really bother me that much. Um, because I, I, think, I think I see it in a better way than I used to. I, I believe this. I believe everyone, regardless of your income, I believe everyone who, who is a member of this church, whatever that means, everyone who has given their life to Christ and attends church here, I think that you should make a monthly commitment to Christ through the church. I think you should make a monthly commitment to give to God through the church. And the reason, I, I'll, we'll talk about I think that, but I don't think it does any good for me to give like some high pressure spiel on why you should do that. So if you don't want to do that or whatever, there is no pressure on you whatsoever. I, that, that's between you and God, whatever. But here's what I know. Many of us have made monthly commitments in other areas, and I didn't have to preach a sermon on it to make it happen. Raise your hand if you have a cell phone. Oh, some of you don't. That's all right. We'll get you one. But... <laughs> Like, I've never had preached one sermon on why you should all make monthly commitments to AT&T. But most of us have done it. AT&T or whatever, your cell phone. You made a monthly commitment in some area of your life. Uh, if you have a, a, a rent or a mortgage, you made a monthly commitment, and you probably keep that promise. Uh, many of you have a car. Uh, you probably made a monthly commitment to pay a car note. You keep that promise. I haven't had to preach on any of these things. Trash pickup. We pay a monthly commitment to stand. Well, some, some of us do. Some of us Still need to kind of work on that, but that's all right. <laughs> Trash needs to go. But that, so we make monthly commitments in all these different areas, and I never have to preach a sermon on it. So I don't think there's any reason for me to stand up here and do some high-pressure deal on giving because I don't think it's effective, nor is it fun for me. 
I mean, imagine how that's the worst feeling. As a matter of fact, in this house, I think conversations around giving should be far less about motivation and far more about celebration because God has done good things with the generosity in this place. And so we're going to celebrate it. And those of you who get it will get it. And those of you who don't, that's fine. But there is much to be celebrated in this area. And tonight at 5 p.m., if, if you've ever felt like you're controlled by your money, uh, tonight at 5 p.m., I'm going to do a class on finances, on how to begin to manage your money instead of your money managing you. Uh, we're going to talk through budgets and all sorts of other fun things. Um, but I do think that, that it's, it's worth doing this. Uh, Christy and I live on a budget. Uh, we look at it every month, and it's, it's good. And so, <laughs> I mean, you can choose to fight once a week or once a month, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Uh, it's up to you. But this is an area of life where we can actually have some joy. This is an area of life where we can celebrate, especially here. And there's a guy named Paul in the Bible. And if you've never read it, trust me, he's in there, but read it. You, you'll, you'll find him. And Paul writes all these letters to different churches. And sometimes he can be a bit direct, a bit chippy, you might even say. But at one point, he writes a letter to the church at Corinth. And in this letter, he's talking about money. And his tone around money is so celebratory and so fun. Uh, and so I think what Paul is describing is something known as grace giving, not the church grace, but like the act of grace giving. And so I want you all to hear this. We're going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to come back and break it down verse by verse. If you have your Bible and you want to open it, we'll be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to start at verse 6, and it says this. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread and bread for the food will also supply an increase of your store seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers, you for their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Like, this is the, the, the world these first century Christians live in. There was an energy around this. There was an excitement around this. And I promise you this, we have far more than anyone in the church at Corinth had. If you have running water, you're in the top 1% of wealthiest people in the world, right? We, we have far more than anyone in the church at Corinth had. Yet there was an energy around this. So we're going to break it down verse by verse and sort of go through this and talk about what grace giving looks like. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Guys, this is a principle you see from cover to cover in the Bible, and the principle is this, you will reap what you sow. In this life, you will reap what you sow. Some of you walk around smiling all the time. You know what you normally get back? Smiles. Some of you have, you know, not smile face a lot. <laughs> 
and that's okay, I love you. But what you get back is not smile faces from other people, right? You reap what you sow. And I'm a farmer, so I understand this. In farming, in farming, if you, this is a principle that y'all won't understand this most because you're not farmers, but I am. So if you plant one, um, one corn kernel, you will grow one corn, corn stalk, okay? That's what you'll get. If you plant a thousand corn kernels, you'll probably grow a thousand corn stalks. Pretty complicated, isn't it? You reap what you sow. Like, I can't guarantee you're going to get a thousand heads of corn by growing the one corn head-bearing stalk plant, but I can guarantee you won't get that if you only plant one. Y'all, y'all follow me here? This is real clear. If you, invest, if you put $1,000 in a savings account, you will get back more than if you have $1 in a savings account, right? Why? Because you reap what you sow. This is a true story. My son, Caden, uh, he's 18 now, doing great. Uh, he's in the air guard, by the way, he's, but that's a whole different topic. But one day he was, I think he was probably 16 or 17, I guess, and he called my friend David Metter. My friend David Metter is a finance, uh, a, a, I don't know, what a finance manager or something like that. He does something with money. And so... Caden calls David and says, hey, David, I want to know how to get more money. And Metter's like, all right, I want you to get a pen because I want you to write this down. And Caden was like, all right. You know, he says, here we go. Metter said, I want you to work more, spend less, and invest more. And Caden was like, oh, like that's how you get more money? I think he thought there was some magic trick that he could do, you know. And what Metter said was, you will reap what you sow. Caden, if you work more and invest more and spend less, you will eventually probably have more money. Sowing and reaping. This is what we see in the Bible over and over and over again. Now, all right, so we have, we have core values in this house. Can anyone name all five of our core values? Seriously, I, 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 will, I will give you a present. Anyone. You can even work here. Oh, fantastic. Knowing, growing, giving, serving, praising. Give it up over there. Good job. You get a present. You get a, you get a, oh, is that you, Rachel? Oh. Oh, y'all can work together. That's good. Um, So two people. (laughs) How many Christians does it take to answer a question? That's good. All right, so giving is one of our core values. Why is it one of our core values? Because we believe that what we want to experience as a body is generosity. And so we value generosity. We believe that it is important to the community that we are generous, and so we value generosity. We believe that people probably care more about our generosity than they care about our theology, so we value generosity. We believe it is through our generosity that we will lead people to God. This is a place that values giving. It's one of our core values, and we believe, and we'll talk about this in a minute, that when we sow generously, generosity is what we reap. Second thing we learn from that verse, and this is in verse 7, each of you should give what you have decided in your hearts to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a, y'all ever heard this? A cheerful giver. Y'all ever heard that? If you're happy, you know it, and your face should show it. God loves a cheerful giver, right? And so, God, so the second thing we find out is that motive matters, right? Motive matters. Here's, in farming, you can plant a thousand corn seeds with an angry face. You can hate corn, and you can plant a thousand corn seeds, and you're probably going to get the same return back. In the kingdom, it's different. 
In the kingdom, motive matters. Motive, why you give matters. Now, if you, if you want to come up today and you want to write a great big check to pay off our building debt with an angry face, we will take it. <laughs> I just want to be clear on that. <laughs> We're going to take it and we'll smile back at you. <laughs> and God will still bless your gift. But if you, God doesn't just want to bless the gift. God wants to bless the giver. He wants you to experience blessings. That's why motives matter. That's why God wants us to do this cheerfully, not out of guilt or out of shame or all that. God says, no, come to me out of a realization of who I am and do these things cheerfully. God desires to bless you through your giving. Now, here's what I don't believe, and we're about to hit this. And I say this all the time, but I think it is so important because I think think so many, like, uh, televangelists, have just been so dirty in this, you know? It's like they tell people, hey, if you give $10 today, there'll be $100 in your bank account next week. Y'all heard something like this? Or you look on, plant a seed of $29, and you'll have this massive windfall of money. Now, can God do that? Yes. And I have seen God do amazing things in people's finances when people became generous. But I don't think what we really want from God is a dollar-dollar return. I don't think we want to give a dollar and get a dollar, because you can get that from a savings account. I think what God wants to give us is something we cannot get on our own. And so in verse 8, we see that. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, there's a key word there. Y'all see it? N-E-E-D. You know what the opposite of that is? Want. All that you need. I don't know. That's probably not actually the opposite, but it works. Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Listen to this. God is saying, for those people who will be generous with their resources, I'm going to bless you abundantly. And I don't think that always means he's going to bless you with money. I think what he's going to do is give focus to your resources. You know why so many of us live paycheck to paycheck? Why so many of us are controlled by money? Because we have no focus for the resources that we have. They mean nothing. I mean, there's no, there's no like kingdom view of them. There's no value beyond ourselves. And so every month we're just, I got to pay this and I got to do this. And we're completely controlled by money. We make decisions out of fear. I think God wants you to take control of these things so that these things don't control you. We were not meant to be ruled by money. Matter of fact, the Bible says you can only serve one master and it can't be your money. Now, it, it's a tool of this world and it is a tool we must learn to manage. But we will one day stand in front of God and give account for how this tool was used. But we were not designed to be controlled by money. God wants to bless us by setting us free from these things. And it's not just about us. I think this is so good. It's it's not just about us. Verse 9 says, As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Verse 12, This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people... There are the Lord's people, but is overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. All right, so when, when we give generously, it's not just supplying needs for people in this house. It's supplying needs for people out of this house. And this is part of what we do. Guys, we have a building here. You're in it. If you didn't know that, I, I don't know where we go from here, but trust me. <laughs> you're in the building, 
and we pay for this building. And we believe this building is a good investment. And we have been incredible stewards of this investment this year. Throw that graphic up there for me if you don't mind. I want you guys to see what we've done this year. Each one of these paid boxes is a room that we have paid off. We have paid over $200,000 to principal this year. Great job, guys. That is amazing. That is amazing. We want, we want to pay this thing off because we want to use this money in other places, but we believe this building has value. You like meeting inside. I know that. You like air conditioning. I know that. Each of you has a different opinion on the air in here. I know that too. Right? I know that. I've heard you. Believe me, I've heard you. I've heard you. I've heard you. We've all got opinions on that. But this building isn't just about what happens on Sunday either. We have, we, have, we have a recovery group that meets Monday night, and it is growing. And if you need a recovery group, welcome home, okay? There's a group for you in this place on Monday nights, and they meet, and they're growing. We have a student ministry uh, that I remember when the student ministry had about seven people, and it is growing. I think they have like 120 people now on Wednesday nights, so big they've outgrown the student room, and they're in here. And so these things, there's small groups that meet. But we're not just paying off a building. Let me show you what else we're doing. Oh, I don't think I have a graphic for this. We have given over $100,000 in local missions already this year. Good job, guys. Over $100,000. We have bought cars for people. We have battled addiction. Uh, a couple weeks ago, there was a grandma, and she had been supplying for her kids. And just this lady was rubbing together two dimes, you know, trying to make 50 cents, doing all she could to provide for kids who had been left by their parents. We furnished this lady's house. We f you furnished her home. You know how fun that stuff is? That, that is good stuff. You are providing for you. Uh, there's a nursing home in Sheridan. Uh, we went and visited, and Laura, Laura Aaron took us out there, and we saw it and everything. A few weeks later, we had a team from here go and revitalize their courtyard so that these people had a beautiful place to go spend time. Guys, these things are worthy. These things are worth our time. This is what we do. If what's happening in here doesn't go out there, then nothing's really happening in here. Our generosity matters. They see our good deeds, and they glorify our Father who's in heaven. This is fun stuff. This is worthy of celebration. It glorifies God. Verse 13, because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. Y'all know what one of the beauties of church giving is? It's different than almost anything else. When we give to someone, so, so you write a check or, or auto draft or however, what, however you do it, and we take a pile of money, whatever that pile is, and, and whether it's a dollar or a hundred dollars, and then we go and invest it in someone else's life, the person we invest in doesn't get a list of who gave a thousand dollars and who gave one dollar. Matter of fact, I don't get a list of who gave a thousand dollars and who gave one dollar. So, so they, they, don't, they don't care about that. What they see is one gift from Grace Church that points to the glory of God. So in, in, in this way, we're all equal. That's why it unites us. Some people can do something. Some people can do more. It doesn't matter. When we give money to something like the, the Nehemiah house, they don't say, can I get a list of who gave the most? They don't care. What they care about is that needs are getting met. When we buy that single mom a car, she doesn't say, well, I need to know who, who gave 50 and who gave 100. You know what she said? Beep, beep. You know, she's like, Ooh. she's like, this is a remix to Ignition. I'm having fun. I'm not even worried about it, right? I'm not worried about any of those things. She's having a good time. It doesn't matter who does what. What matters is that we all do something and there is unity amongst us. We all sacrifice a little something and we provide for the needs of people. And that is fun. And if you're not motivated to do that, I don't care. 
I'm still going to do it. We're having a good time through these things. This is not something, oh, man, talking about giving you, oh, God. If, if that's you, I can't change that. I'm sorry if that's you because you're missing out. And I know because those of us who, who are enjoying this are enjoying this. And there's unity amongst us. And there's joy amongst us. And there's change in the world. And guys, I, I would say the number one most exciting thing about giving to me, about this topic of, of money and finances, and is this. We don't give so that God will give us something, okay? That's not what we do. We give because God has already given us something. We, we, we don't give so that we can earn. You cannot write a check big enough to cover the blood of Jesus Christ. Although you're welcome to try. I don't, even, I don't feel bad making I don't even talk about the giving boxes, nor though they're on the back wall. I don't normally talk about them. But like there's nothing we can possibly do to earn God's grace through giving. We give because God gave his body to us. And here, this is the truth, and I really want you to hear this. If you're like, man, I don't want to give, I don't want to, I'm just not into that, it's okay. Christ's blood still is for you. You don't have to do that. To, you're still forgiven. You get all the benefits as far as forgiveness. Now you're missing some of the joys. You're missing some of the experiences that generosity is bringing, but you don't give to be saved. You give because you're saved. This is who we are. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.